Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Hey, efforts. Before we get into tonight's episode of Football and Other F Words, Mr. Lebowski here. I wanted to talk to you about some changes that we're going to be making on July 1st. We are actually going to be leaving our hosting content with Vox Media, which is SB Nation. You've been following us under the Music City Miracles. Um, uh, how do I want to put that brand? So, the way that it's going to change July 1st is that it, our content's actually going to be easier to find. For those of you that are already subscribing now, there should be an issue and it should transfer over normally. However, if you suddenly discovered that on July the 1st that you're not subscribed to us, A, please let us know. But B, we're going to make sure that all over social media that we're going to be blasting out exactly how you can find our podcast. Our podcast is going to be much easier to find from here on out. But also starting on July 1st, we're going to have some more exciting content that's going to gradually roll out. We're going to be producing some extra stuff for you all. We want to engage with the fans more. Just it, things are about to get a lot more exciting for football and other efforts. So again, the point I want to make, we're going to be rehosting and re-upload or kind of redistributing how our content comes out. So it'll be easier to find all of our old content will still be available to listen to. So don't worry about that. But again, if you're subscribed now, it shouldn't be an issue. But if, but once July 1st hits and you discover that you're not subscribed for some reason, it's not automatically downloading for you. Please hit us up. Let us know at football and other F words or however you decide you want to interact with us. We'll make sure that we can get your content back to you. We're really looking forward to the stuff we have coming forward. And of course, thank you very much for listening. Yep, I don't care. I don't care. You know why? This is, a, this is turned into a bit, I feel like now. I feel like now we've we have turned into a bit. <laughs> we have turned and into I've done it on purpose because I didn't like the review that we got that you thought it was a bit. So now that you thought it was a bit and it wasn't a bit, it's actually a bit. So welcome to Football and Other F-Words. I don't give a shit if you think this is a bit. We are the only Titans and NFL Center podcast you are legally allowed to listen to. Shit happens. I am your host, Mr. Lebowski. I'm joined by our producer and co-host, Mr. Zach Lyons. We don't know where Mike is, and we don't give a shit. Tonight, our special guest is Internet Keith. He's back. Been on a little bit of a hiatus, but he's here to talk about male enhancement pills. How you doing, Keith? I'm great. Are you ready to talk about male enhancement? Uh, I'm not prepared. I didn't do a lot of research. Uh, I was just handed some pills when I walked in, and I popped those, so I don't know what's about to happen. We'll see. We'll see how it is in four hours. That's a little creepy. Give me some music. <laughs> What is your favorite form of male enhancement pill that you have discovered in the last six weeks you haven't been on the podcast? Um, no, keep it going. I like that. It's weird. I don't know. Uh, Listen to the soothing sounds of this. Is this the Stars and Stripes? Yeah. Oh, my God. This is the <laughs> national anthem. But it's what's sexy. more, What's more it's patriotic than national. boner talk? <laughs> Absolutely. This is the only podcast that you're going to get unhindered boner talk. And I'm going to end it right there. So knock the music off. First thing we're going to get into tonight, gentlemen, Titans announced the retirement of Steve McNair and Eddie George's numbers. Nine and 27, ceremony is going to be held September 15th, the home owner opener against the Colts. I swear to God, if we don't beat the Colts that night, th that's going to be semi-depressing. Well, we're not. I mean, I'm just okay. going ahead and calling it, calling I, I it now. We are, we are not doing it. I, I don't know. I, I, I think... Someone had said that every time we play the Colts, it feels like they have some big ceremony or something has happened and all this stuff. Well, I just don't know if that, that those things really matter. No. I get, because nobody really on this team played with Steve McNair or Eddie George. I guess it only matters for Derrick Henry because him and Eddie George have a real close relationship. But, I mean, emotion for this team to be emotionally invested in those two players, it's a, it's I know it's not what everybody wants to hear. It's a little different. It's just I don't think it's there. I don't think it affects the players as much as it is more fan service. Yeah, but 
it is. Yeah. But it's a it, it's a good fan service. Yeah. Now, what were we discussing right before we recorded? You're Zach, you're not a nostalgia person. No, no. Uh my dad hates it. He hates that I <laughs> I have stacks of baseball cards in a plastic bin out in the garage and he always asks me, don't sell those baseball cards. Give them to me before you, if he's trying to sell them, I'll, I'll, I'll keep them. I'll take them. Like, I don't even know what's, what baseball cards I do have and all this stuff. Like it, it doesn't, if, if I have, if my house catches on fire besides my loved ones, Huxley and Lauren, I am only taking probably interesting order you chose. Yeah, there. yeah. Well, Huxley's <laughs> here. He's right to my left. Lauren, Lauren's off. Who knows where? Uh, God knows what. <laughs> so you know, I'm I'm besides them. I'm taking my iPhone and my laptop. I'm not taking pictures. I'm not taking childhood toys, which I have. I have a bunch of Funkos in here. I have an original Nintendo 64 in here. None of that's coming. Keith, I like house is burning down. Was two things you grab. Um. Man, that's a toughie. Probably it's my couch. Burning. Your couch. I'm gonna grab the Who's couch. Who's helping you move this couch? I can do it. It's the <laughs> adrenaline. He'll have that. He'll have that uh, pregnant mom adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. I got mama bear. So strength. you got the couch out. I'm assuming yeah. the house is burned to the ground at this point. What's the how much thing? time do I have left? Well, I don't know. The couch is a problem. <laughs> the couch is stuck in the door. <laughs> is um, your iPhone in your pocket? Because that's gonna have to be the probably same probably like my pill caddy. Like yeah, I probably, that's probably all that. the pills yeah. the pills are important. That's right. This <laughs> is, this is brought to you drugs. by blue pills and the creepy. I still want to have a good night, you know. No, but so to get back on topic, what, the reason why I bring up about the nostalgia part is because the the one thing I didn't want to do with this recording is start going into what is your favorite Eddie George moment, what's your favorite Steve McNair. Like, don't get me wrong, I absolutely hate the way McNair's career ended here you know it it sucked even though that's you know that's life that's business in the nfl and then obviously the circumstances around his death but i'm not on this podcast to start you know talking about favorite moments of them on the field if you want to see that you want to you can find clips on the internet there are other shows you can listen to that get in that what i wanted to get into is what is the one time that you saw either one of these in public that you want to share zach go well uh, so we were tailgating out after I think it was the Buffalo game, when it, not not the Mi- Music City Miracle game, but another Buffalo game later on in the in his winter and everything. And uh, back in the day, General Motors made this uh, GMC Envoy XUV, yeah, and that was the thing that had the retractable yes. roof. That was a, it was an SUV, but then it had the retractable roof over the tailgate, and you could actually put just ice. Pounds and pounds of ice and would just melt out of the bottom of it and wouldn't damage any of the truck bed or wouldn't get into the SUV itself. Okay. So he, we were out there. We had tons of Bloody Mary uh, in mason jars. We had shrimp uh, just sitting there on the ice and everything after the game. And we're all just in there. It's just basically just us. And out comes Steve McNair and he sees that we're eating shrimp <laughs> and ha- and has it. And he stops <laughs> and has the shrimp and Bloody Mary with, with us. <laughs> And invites his family, who was over at the Sheraton, or it was the Ramada Inn then. Um, they they come over, and they're all just sitting there. I mean, we're just chilling with Steve McNair, eating and drinking Bloody Marys and shrimp. I don't really have a story other than I met him twice outside of the same liquor store at Nipper's Corner. And by meat, I mean, like, I gave him the the third grader creepy wave, <laughs> and he just kind of waved back, and that, was, all that was the end of my interaction, Keith. <laughs> um. I never met Steve McNair, I don't think, uh, but I did run into, not physically run into, um, but I ran into Eddie George at the YMCA off Concord Road, and he was playing basketball, pickup basketball with a bunch of people, and I think it was some random wide receiver like Justin McCarrens or something, but uh, yeah, he was just trucking people on his way to the paint. It was pretty great. Trucking people on his yeah. way to the paint. He was just like stiff-arming like eight-year-olds. That's not true. See, so... If you're at a pickup game and somebody like that, a athlete just joins your game, like are you are you out? No, I'm definitely playing and I'm calling a foul on him every single time. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not A, I don't need to be playing basketball, but B, I I no. I think I won't pack my shit out of there. Yeah, you don't want to be the guy who like is lands underneath him and he like twists his ankle and he's out for you know, all a training camp because you uh you were a little too aggressive right. on a rebound. You don't want to turn this into like a curb your enthusiasm episode where you're the guy who tears Shaquille O'Neal's ACL because you were sticking your feet out on the court or yeah. something. The Yankee Clipper, basically. Yeah, no. What? Okay, the last point I want to make about this before I move on is 
while I'm not big on nostalgia, what I can't stand about the Titan Stadium and their Ring of Honor bullshit is their little league banners they hang around the fencing up at the top of the stadium. Like, with the significance of retiring McNair at George's numbers, I think it's time for the Titans organization, A, to do something about the stadium, upgrade it, or what? give us a plan for something you're going to do. But B, start incorporating the Greek mentality into it. This is the perfect time to add two statues to the stadium. McNair at one side, George at the other, and, and get rid of this garbage-ass Ring of Honor thing they've got with the banners. Like, keep the Ring of Honor, obviously, but, like, let's upgrade it. Yeah, I, I could I could be down with some statues of McNair and Eddie George. I mean, that'd be awesome. I don't do I think Eddie George is the best running back in Titans history. No, I, I really think that belongs to Chris Johnson currently. But is Eddie George a symbol of a time just like McNair right, was? Right. Yes. I mean, they they brought the they are to me when I the first two people I think of when I think of Tennessee Titans are really them too. I mean, out of all the players, of I think of them two the most. I know the Herndon boys love them some Bruce Matthews, but uh, <laughs> Yancey Thickpin. I mean, Yancey mostly Thickpin. me, but uh, mostly me on Matthews. Whenever I think Titans, whenever someone mentions Titans or says Titans, I don't know why, uh, but it's McNair and Eddie that are the first two that always pop in my head. No, so I agree because I think when you build a statue to represent something, it's specific to that area. If a city has statues in their city, it's usually, you know, the founder of the city or some famous person who grew up there, some someone of some significance to that area. And obviously McNair, George, two very, very significant parts of the Titans. As silly as it may be to look back on the city having a parade for the team that lost the Super Bowl, at the time it made perfect sense because Nashville was very much, besides country music, just this no name middle of Tennessee city that suddenly ended up in the Super Bowl. And I mean, Steve McNair, Eddie George, right there, you know, top of that list. I, I, I just think it makes sense if they want to put a statue in the stadium for that. Um, okay. So I wanted to move on to the next part. Keith had an interesting discussion. He wanted to bring up with us about locker room culture and leadership. I'm going to let him uh, go nuts on that. Before I get into that, we, yeah. we saw, uh, there was a thing that came out today about oh, Gerald yeah. McCoy, right? Yeah, so Gerald McCoy was on, uh, was that Get Up, Take Up, or something like the, that? Yeah, the, I think it's the Get Up it's, or something. It's Skip Bayless's show with... Uh, Whoever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first Take, that's what it's called. First Take, there it is. And, uh, and he's complaining because Ndamukong Sue is wearing his number with, with the Buccaneers, and he feels that, first off, he's one of the greatest Tampa Bay players of all time, which I find highly debatable and suspect. Yeah. But, you know, good for you, buddy, that you have a, a, that high of an opinion of yourself. Uh, but he's likening himself to uh, John Lynch, um, R- Rondé Barber, Warren uh, Sapp, Warren Sapp and, and, um, oh, crap, uh, Simeon Rice. And um, there oh, was another was one that the he had Hall said. Hall of Famer, I can't remember his name. But anyway, a bunch of those defenders and outstanding players that helped lead them to the Super Bowl and stuff. And one one of my big problems was is first off, you're not you're not on their level, and you're not what they mean to the franchise. This would be to me like, uh, let's say that. Um, I don't know. Let's say that Jack Conklin leaves and we let him have our number. I know Jack Jack Conklin, Gerald McCoy, and that the same thing. Mm-hmm. But if he's if Jack Conklin says, "Well, shit, they shouldn't let me have my number, or they shouldn't let people have my number because you know they're not letting people wear Bruce Matthews numbers or something like that," yeah, you're you're not on their level. Right. Gerald McCoy are, is not on those people's level, in my opinion. Yeah, and to me, I'm glad that he has a high opinion of himself, but. And Sue is better, first off. Right. And you left on such bad terms with that team. You know, move on. Why are you still being this jilted ex-lover and still talking about them and still so concerned? If you care about your career and the respect that you deserve and your numbers, go prove them wrong in Carolina. Right. I mean, do it. Worry about earning your stripes and earning your number in Carolina, not in Tampa. Here's here's the thing with with like the retiring or saving or respect regarding numbers. Because I don't numbers. think they've retired some of those no. numbers. They, he just feels like they're, they're players... unofficially retired. Yeah. Usually is yeah. kind of the the 
thing. But like Michael Roos, I think is a good uh, Titans yeah, example good. of a guy who was around here for a long time and excelled for a long time. Uh, but maybe the team never reached like a, a, you know, Super Bowl level or anything like that. And we're not going to hold that number away for, you know, even though he was a great player, he's one of my favorite players. I have a jersey that says Roos on the back. But we're we're gonna let Dennis Kelly wear that seventy one because, you know, sorry man, yeah. There's only so many numbers in football. It's not like basketball where you've got like thirteen guys on a team and you've got ninety nine numbers to pick from. This and is, they let anybody wear any numbers, right? In the NBA, right? Yeah. So can, here in the off in the defensive realm, or right. it's done by positions and all that. So yeah. you're you're. Uh, availability and number shrinks tremendously, especially in the '90s. Because, yeah. like, defensive line and and linebackers, they all wear '90s. So, you know, there's not that many numbers to go around. So he needs to. Uh, I think he needs to get over it a little bit. Yeah, it does kind of drive me nuts that that players don't. I I don't know. I'm about to talk out of my ass here, but like, it is a business. Like this, this is not personal, and and I know it feels personal because. At that level, when you're invested in a team, it's not necessarily like working for a company. I mean, you're you're putting your heart, soul, and body into it. You know, you're you feel like you're leaving it all on the field, or you know, maybe you should feel like you're leaving it all on the field. So, to leave, especially if you leave under bad circumstances, it's like a jilted lover, and then they're they're giving your prize possession, they're giving your number. Zach, back to your nostalgia point, they're giving away your nostalgic tie to that team and to your accomplishments on the field. So, yeah, I'm sure it's personal, but I, I just think you should be able to take a deep breath and think it's not personal. Like, there's nothing. If the team called you up and said, guess what, motherfucker? We're about <laughs> to give 72 to this bitch and you can suck it. Yeah. Then, yeah, okay. Get on Twitter and say, listen, these assholes called me up at 2 o'clock in the morning and flashed in my face. They're giving my number and told me to kiss my own ass. So, right. But it's not personal. So unless the team has reached out to you and retired your number and that kind of thing, short of them bringing your number out of retirement and giving it to somebody, like, don't get butthurt about it. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, he's like, he's a great dude. It kind of sounds like I think we're shitting on him and we are a little bit. But he is a he's a great player. He is a great human being from all accounts. But um, and the optics on this do look bad with what with his replacement literally taking the same number. As right. Him. But all that said, not a huge deal. He needs to needs to calm down a little bit. Key, take us into your locker room discussion. All right. So uh, there was an interesting article on the ringer or not the ringer um, on the athletic recently uh, that talked about the jags and uh the locker room snafus they've been having for the last like two years now um before like 2018 if you had asked people about tom coughlin or doug marone uh is it maroney <laughs> no it's not macaroni it's maroon it's maroon you were at the first time. Uh, i really like macaroni now though doug yeah. macaroni doug or tom coughlin uh, people would have said those dudes are like disciplinarians. They're like super strict, uh, you know, leadership, head coaches, that sort of thing. Um, so I'm wondering, like, why? What What is the reason for this recent like uptick in the Jaguars having all these problem children? They've got, you know, they've had Telvin Smith, who's taking a year off to get his quote life in order. Um, they had, and, he, and he has not sat down officially no. to hammer out with the team. That's why he got fined. Yeah, he's effectively <laughs> ghosted them yeah. since last year at some point. And and he's he's getting pissed because he's getting fines, and the NFL sent him all the reasons he's getting fines, and he's putting it on Instagram like a little baby bitch boy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's I mean questionable at best. And then you've got Jalen Ramsey with the hometown discount and and the whole uh, you know contract dispute before his contract's even up and openly talking about it on instagram in a story with leonard fournette yeah. and it's 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 with so leonard, bizarre this is, this is your problem are, the, are these people that you you got i mean with leonard fournette yeah. making the comment that Jalen completely ignores of bro you gonna leave me any money <laughs> <laughs> and Jalen just moves right past it like no, nah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get paid. I, I mean, I th I think it's you asked what the problem is. I think it stems from first off, is this it, is a team that tried to build 
everything at once, and they have no continu- continuity. Yeah. Conti- continuity. Continuity. That's there the word is. I'm looking for. Continuity. And the problem with not and, and the only continuity they have are these young players who are just wild. Yeah. I mean, they are the definition. You know, I know we rag on you about being a millennial <laughs> and uh, sorry, no, off, sorry, bro, to taking off, you know, for Arbor Day and yeah. uh, North Korean Flag Day and stuff. <laughs> but the, I mean, these, this is the problem I have with millennials is is these attitudes that they have, this entitlement. I think there's dude, these Jaylen, people exist you've in only every played for two years. You still have two more years, or no, three years, and you still have two more years on your contract, like. Play the fucking contract. I, I I'm a big believer in play the contract that you you got. You, you yeah. You're you're a top. He was a top five seven pick or something like that. I mean, he's a top yeah. ten pick. So he's got a really good, pretty expensive contract. Right. For a defensive back, and he's talking about he's wanting to get the highest paid. I, I'm gonna let everybody know. 2017 is Jalen Ramsey's only year of being an elite shutdown corner. Go look at the numbers. Yeah. They're 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 good. They're great. But he's only been elite for one year, so you this this business that Jalen Ramsey has is crazy. This Telvin Smith going on some kind of you know Renaissance, find yourself, yeah. how to get your groove back thing is really weird. Yeah. Yannick Ngakwe, yeah, is uh, I mean he's sitting out for reasons because he's coming. I think this is his last year on the contract, right? And he's one of the best defensive ends, so he wants to get his contract worked out well, now. But they're in cap hell, yeah, they, because they went and paid They've all painted these, themselves into a corner. They they paid Nick Foles all that money, and people are like, "Well, Nick Foles is the leader in that locker room." Well, good luck, Nick Foles. Right. I'm sure your Christian folksy attitudes really going to get you far with these guys. Yeah, but like, they were blowing up last year. This mm-hmm. is a train wreck waiting to happen. I, th- I would say it's already happening. Yeah. This, this, give, give me a second. Will you give me Huxley's bone? Yeah. The podcast dog is eating my damn hand over here. So I, I appreciate it. Look, what I want to get into with Coughlin is this, to, to kind of answer your question a little bit, Keith. I, this is complete assumption. I am, I'm not backing this up with any articles I've read. I am assuming that Coughlin spent so long with the Jags and the Giants being the head coach, being the person who is basically reigning in that control and setting his tone in the locker room. And I feel like did an effective job of it. Maybe it had to do with the way that he left the giants that once he got into a front office position with the Jags is that he wanted to roll back to a position of, I will help set the rosters. I'll help us guide the path into getting the right talent in here but I don't want anything to do with controlling a locker room anymore. Yeah. And that has fallen on the head coach and it's not working. So, well, do you guys think this is more of a, uh, a leadership problem or would you say this is more of a personnel issue of we got the wrong guys or we got, we were looking for talent at the expense of, you know, personality or whatever you want to call it. I actually think that, and it's not an either or. No, I, guess there's I, other... I think it's I think it's a mix of both. Based on this, I think it kind of circles back to something we talked about on the podcast a few weeks ago, which is, um, athletes being more distracted, like like almost every single human now. I mean, with smartphones and video games and the way people interact with each other now on Snapchat, Instagram, social media in general is that even though you may interact with people all the time on social media, you can actually all of a sudden find yourself in a very lonely place because you realize that you're only talking to people on Twitter or on Facebook, and then you're not going out and interacting. To circle back to the point I'm trying to make here is that, what was it, the the Red Sox had to ban Fortnite in the (laughs) locker room. Oh, yeah. The Steelers, I think, had to do something similar. And while some of the local media around here and the national media were kind of ballyhooing that because like, you know, why would you put controls in place? I mean, I guess I kind of get it because you didn't deal with that shit in a locker room 10 years ago. You didn't have to worry about players sitting over on their phones, like legitimately playing a full on video game or pulling a Antonio Brown, like recording Facebook live in the locker room with naked athletes, walk around people cursing and your head coach is over there talking about something that 
he probably doesn't want out there True. live, much yeah. less in a recorded format. And there's so much more uh, like two-way conversation yeah. between the fan and, and the player, too, that I guess I didn't really think about. Like, back in the day, you would never have had a Jalen Ramsey, like, posting this kind of shit. Or I guess Telvin Smith would be a better example. You would never have had this issue. Yeah. Because he doesn't have that outlet. And so I guess and I kind of lost my my focus of what I was doing there, or what the point I was trying to make. But I guess where I'm going with this is that I, I actually don't necessarily think that it's the wrong personnel that's been chosen. I think those problems are probably in all 32 locker rooms, but the Jags locker room has not had the kind of front level control with the head coach that you would want. And it's and it's probably a little bit sorry to interrupt you, but it's probably a little bit of this guy just did it. So every it's a, it's fine to do it. Like look at the shit teachers have to deal with in, in think about what the average teacher has to deal with in middle just just pick middle school right now versus when every one of us at this table were in middle school. I mean, I, I can't even think about the problems teachers have to put up with now. Kids literally vaping in class, you know, kids pulling their smartphones out and being able to access the worst possible shit ever on the Internet in a second right in front of them. When I was in school, if if you had a cell phone, first off, you were one of the few people that had a cell phone and that was a huge distraction of its own. So the phone was going to get taken. Can you imagine trying to take somebody's phone now in school? You'd start a riot because everyone has a phone and you've got a phone at like 12. So I think the athletes now that are becoming pro athletes and going into locker rooms are bringing a much more complicated problem to the locker room that a Coughlin didn't have to put up. That's with. true. His first time in Jacksonville. Well, and when Coughlin was in Jacksonville, he had Mark Brunel and had all these Jimmy right. Smith, Fred Taylor, all these stand-up pros. When he went to the Giants, he had Kurt Warner. He had Tiki Barber. Again, Sean O'Hara. I mean, again, a string, Michael Strahan, of just awesome pros. Yeah. He gets to Jacksonville. There, Calais Campbell, I guess, is your big pro mm-hmm. i mean your guy that's always going to put in the work i mean he because he's old and he's really really good still so he seems like the guy that would have it and he was it seemed like to the best of his ability he was trying to control this locker room last season and Jalen just wasn't having any of it and to me it's this is a this boils down to me a respect issue that these guys these young guys for whatever reason this core group of guys here in the Jaguars thankfully that they're on the Jaguars thank you they give up in games if everything's not going right they all cheered for Blake Bortles going into last year and we said that he'll just revert back to old Blake Bortles and as soon as they did as soon as he did that's when everything happened they they quit on the team they quit on coaches. I don't know how you fix it because I feel like if you bring in a Cliff Kingsbury kind of coach where he says, okay, you can have your cell phone time, you can do this, you can do that, it's going to make it so much worse for them. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those interesting things of like, at what point do do you lose the locker room, I guess, is really the thing. It's like, is it multiple guys being an issue or is it you know lack of success plus lack of like respect and understanding i I think it's a it's a good mix of both and i i'm not saying that it's doug marone's fault i'm not saying that's tom coughlin's fault per se sure but i just i think you're mixing oil and water it just is not does not mix and i think coughlin to go back to my complete assumption i think coughlin is in a position that very few head coaches right now, but like current head coaches right now in the NFL are actually having to deal with is because Coughlin's reign in the Giants started before smartphones were extremely prevalent. And now the distractions that were in the locker room when he left the Giants are much more multiplied than they were before. So his the point I'm making is his his mindset, his regime was already set in that locker room. So as society was evolving with his tenure there, it wasn't that big a deal because his rule set was already, and again, complete assumption, no devices, no, no fuckery. Yeah. <laughs> right. But he leaves, he goes to the Jags, takes this front office position. And now, I mean, society has changed. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that it, it, pro- it lays more on who's the head coach. Marone. Marone. Yeah. Uh, macaroni. Oh, macaroni. So macaroni takes possession of the team. And it, however, he's running it is clearly not, 
working as far as control in the locker room. And Coughlin probably just doesn't want anything to do with it. Sure. So I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. I just wanted to get you guys thoughts. No, on I, I think I think that, that was, was a good, really good article. Yeah. I, I shared it and retweeted yeah. it. Oh, I mean, it, there was you. good content in there because there's people that think that Jalen Ramsey should come to the Titans and we can control Jalen Ramsey. No. I, I am sorry. I know that you all love your hometown heroes. Yeah. Just because they're from Nashville, just because they went to UT, just because, you know, they lived in Franklin and went to high school here. Right. They are they may not be a good fit. Yeah. And I do not think that paying Jalen Ramsey a shit ton of money with the way that he has acted with less money yeah. uh, and bringing him to a good foundational team is is the way to go. Let someone else overpay Jalen Ramsey and make a mistake. Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I mean, I'm sorry. I'll say this and then we'll move on. I think with Ramsey, there is too much evidence. Set all of his off-the-field distraction and the way he acts off the field aside. There are too many examples. You can pull too much footage of him giving up on the field. This little bastard is biting my feet that... um. There's too many examples of him giving up on the field when they're getting their ass kicked. I mean, he's he's literally trying to eat my toes. So, I, I'm sorry. That's why I don't want it because there is too many examples in him playing the game that he's decided to give it up. We're, we're going <laughs> to... Let's take a break. And, we're going to take a quick break. And rain this because dog Because I've in. got this... 20 pound loaf of bread shark like this little piranha under the table that's trying to eat my feet we're footballing other efforts we'll be right the hell back Hold on him oh we're back i'm gonna stop talking about phalluses now because we are back from our break we have gotten the dog under control <laughs> he is uh He's in his playpen now. He's up there looking at us, uh, thinking that we're a bunch of assholes. All right, we're going to move on to our next topic, which is a certain idiot by the name of Garrett Sanders, a wily little eighth grader by all appearances, who wrote a garbage-ass article on a site that I refuse to name titled Titans owner Amy Adams Strunk doesn't deserve Tennessean of the year and goes into several arguments, which I'm going to list before Zach goes into his whole diatribe over here because he is he's literally got like a War and Peace novel written of things he wants to go off on about. I'm excited. Here's the argument he made, Keith, because you have not read this argument. I haven't heard about this. Or article, I should say. Sure. But did you read about Amy Anikstruck getting named? Yeah. Okay. So I feel it's a worthy award. We don't have to get into that part. This is the arguments that Mr. Sanders decides to make questionable decisions this is amy adams trunk made some questionable decisions such as hiring and firing mike malarkey literally lists both sides of that argument yeah as a questionable decision okay as if no other owner in the league has had to both hire and then realize hmm gotta get rid of this person and fire the head coach sure his second main point does not reside in the state of tennessee and i quote if the state of Tennessee wanted to represent a candidate worthy of this award, Strunk should not have been the Strunk should not have been the recipient. This misguided award not only puts a bad image on the state of Tennessee, but also the Titans organization as well. So he has just equated the owner to this team of being some kind of bad person, like a terrible person for not living in this state. So by that logic, if you live in New Jersey, you can't be a New Yorker. Yeah, I started to go into looking at the owners that live outside the state of their team. And you know what I found? That almost every single owner owns a home outside. Do you know why? Because it costs billions of dollars to own an NFL team. And these people have homes in places we don't know about. Countries of names we don't know because our credit score is not that fucking high. That's why <laughs> they don't reside in the state all the time. If they want to go to Lyft Swinacan and vacation or summer for three months, they can. Because poor people like us are not allowed in that country kiss my ass with that argument the last okay so i i, I just zach destroy this man okay so four days ago keith is uh -huh. when i saw this and i was driving to the river and i almost went off the road because i just couldn't believe it wait it, it's you're it's, reading this and driving at the yeah, same time yeah yeah let's say is that, that one more, let's is that say illegal that it's very it's not illegal. illegal until july 1st right no it's illegal oh. right now oh well. it is not, that is called distracted driving oh well i was okay I hey it. man can you have a beer and drive <laughs> Hey man, I was I was painting this portrait of my wife who was sitting in the passenger seat while I was driving the other day. 
Is that cool? I think that's legal. Yeah, just go wild. Anyways, your point? So, <laughs> this was definitely the worst take of 2019 by far so far. And probably, it's probably a top five, if not top three, worst take I've ever seen. And it was written by Garrett Sanders, who looks like the guy who wrecked his stepdad's 97 Jeep Grand Cherokee in high school. And he currently has this blocked on Twitter. And anybody that said a negative word about the article is blocked on Twitter. Oh, he's one of those. Yeah, and he sits at six total tweets for his Twitter career and nine followers. That's all that follows this guy. And he's probably right now listening to his favorite Kid Rock album as we speak. <laughs> Somehow, Titan Size looked at all of this and decided that this is the guy that they should hire and let speak on behalf of their site. So they made a personal choice to look at this guy and say, okay, he has the social media presence we crave. <laughs> Let's get this guy a platform to talk about the Titans. It's incredible how misinformed and horrible this take is, and Lebowski hit on a lot of it. It's flat out long, and it's inaccurate. So let's start with the fact that he brings up stuff from previous years that would not fall under the purview of Tennessean of the year. <laughs> stuff that happened in 2015, 2016, 2017 that would not matter for Tennessean of, of the year. Right. Not of the years. Not of the decade. Yeah. It really doesn't matter what she did with Malarkey, but let's break it down anyways. <laughs> he calls hiring and firing Malarkey questionable decisions as an owner, like he stated. Now, don't dispute the hiring part. It was very qu questionable at the time, but Malarkey had the locker room. It it, it was what she decided that she was going to do. Yeah, I mean, and I don't want to dig into this too far, but I want to reiterate the point you just made. Because when Malarkey was hired, I was one of the ones that was yelling from the top of my lungs that the Titans are cheaping the fuck out. Yeah. So, yeah, I was not happy so with it, that. So, it, that, that can be questionable. But that has, again, nothing to do with of the year. Right. Which is an integral part. That is, there's four letters in this, four words in this award. That's three of the words. <laughs> three of the four. Kind of important. But he literally says this about the firing of Malarkey after a press conference where Malarkey stated he was content with his staff and that there would be no changes. Strunk quickly pulled the plug. While Malarkey did have two winning seasons and a playoff win for the Titans, the legacy of Adams' hire will go down as an unsuccessful one. So let, let's break that down. Oh, my God. While Malarkey did have two winning seasons, the first back-to-back -back winning seasons that we've had in forever, mm -hmm. and a playoff win, an away playoff win for the Titans, the legacy of Adams hire will go down as an unsuccessful one. How is that unsuccessful, and how is that a stain on Amy Adams-Strunk's legacy by any means? Right. And then... Firing him because he didn't want to change the staff because we couldn't get better led to us hiring Vrabel. Yes. Which he never talks about in here. No, hiring Vrabel. Of course not. Let me tell you what else he didn't talk about. Hiring John Robinson. Can I can I also mention what he didn't yeah. talk about? Uh how about getting the NFL fucking draft here? Well, we're we're about to get to that part. Okay. So he goes he goes on and that that's let's throw the malarkey thing because again, of the year. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I, I know it's probably hard to to read the whole title of the award, uh, Garrett, over your uh, gold chain, but that's what it says. Okay. So, dumb as he'll take. Let's move on to the next idiotic thing he said. There is another factor that many Titans fans will fail to admit about their owner. That is the fact that Strunk does not reside in the state of Tennessee, and he has a hyperlink to an article. Sure. While this may not be a big deal to most fans out there, it is a poor representation for the Titans' ownership. For the owner of an NFL franchise to not reside in her own team city shows a lack of loyalty to her community. He's citing an article. That hyperlink in this article goes is an article from 2015. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mid-season in 2015, Paul Karski, who you know from Sugar Dumpling website, paulkarski.com, was still writing for ESPN and wrote an article when she first transitioned into the role yeah. about her not living in Tennessee. Valid then in 2015. It's valid because mm -hmm. she didn't. But here in 2019, it is flat out incorrect. She has a minimum uh, of, we know about, three houses here in the Nashville area. Yes. Three fucking houses. That's probably more than what Garrett has. <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> sure of that. And then 
he goes on to say, you know, in the state of Tennessee, one to represent a candidate worthy, is what Lebowski said. But then he goes, the Tennessee of the Year Award should go to someone who resides in the state. While the Titans owner has contributed to the state of Tennessee and the city of Nashville, she does not fully represent what the award is intended to be. Okay. Well, first off, tell us, Gary. This, accompli- or, uh, this accomplishment may be another milestone added to Adam's legacy as the owner of the Tennessee Titans, but it is one for all the wrong reasons. Now, he never goes and talks about the draft. So let, let's go down this, what has she done? Which, he, again, he didn't write about. She successfully had a hand in selecting people, Vrabel, John Robinson, and working, them to successfully, working with them to successfully change the perception of this team in this town and among the NFL. She put on the jersey reveal. People forget yeah. and don't really rem- Sometimes I think people forget how important that jersey reveal was to this city. Because it brought in roughly 20,000 people downtown and brought in revenue then. But bringing in 20,000 people downtown for a jersey reveal masterfully put us in the conversation to host the NFL draft. It was not for that jersey reveal. We may not have hosted the draft. And we got the draft. We then, with her help, put on the most successful event in NFL history that had a... uh, economic impact on Nashville and the result of $224 million. Which, by the way, it beats their previous record that was held by Dallas last year by $99 million. We almost hit $100 million more than what Dallas had made. Dallas, of all, of all I mean, a huge team. Suck it, right? Dallas. And those two events alone in the span of a calendar, mind you, aka Tennessean of the year, <laughs> has her firmly head and shoulders above the rest of the candidates. I mean, she has three homes, so she pays taxes to the state of or to the city of Nashville and the state of you know mm-hmm. property taxes. Right. She is here at the facility a lot. Where do you yep. think she's staying? At the houses. Yeah. I know it's she still has her home in Texas where she, you know, lives because she has to run a multi billion dollar industry that she is in charge <laughs> of on top of running an NFL franchise, mind you. And it it's just ridiculous. Look, there are riders at Titan sized that I like. But to let this get posted and keep it posted is a bad look on the site. I cannot stand this kind of hot take bullshit for the sake of it being a hot take. Yeah. I'm sure it got its clicks because it's such a ridiculously clickbaity title and it has no substance. And that's the problem. There's no substance behind any of this. It's incorrect, inaccurate, just bullshit drivel. And to this date, that original tweet that Titan Size put out, 14 likes, zero retweets. And all the quote tweets that it probably got that don't count as retweets in the stats are all people just shitting on Titan Size, <laughs> saying that they're not going, they're going to unfollow Titan Size. And my favorite reply, though, and all the replies was by the account Finnish Titans fan, who's kind of dug at Paul recently. Oh, a yeah, couple here, not quite there. a bit. Finnish Titans fan loves to get it with yeah. Paul. And, well, everybody, for that matter. His reply said, this made me regret learning English. <laughs> <laughs> this post should be taken down off the site, and the tweet should be deleted, and really, this Garrett guy should be fired because he really doesn't bring anything of substance. Titansite should really be ashamed for this. I think caring more about clicks and about substance is disrespectful to the fans that you're supposed to be writing for because this is a fan site by fans for fans. Right. What kind of fans are you to fucking put this drivel out? Yeah. You're not even a real fan, it sounds like. I implore any upcoming Titans or non-Titans aspiring writers or podcasts, hey, you can have a bad take. I mean, Mike thought that Taewon Taylor was going to be the number two wide receiver in the trial of Tajay Sharp, and guess who he admitted was the number three receiver? Taewon Taylor. That's a bad take. I was right, and that's okay. I said that the Seattle Seahawks and New England Patriots were dead in the water. <laughs> we went on an apology tour and talked about it. We did. It's okay to have bad takes, but own up to it. But also, if your take is bad, when we made these takes, when Mike made those takes, when I talked about those takes, we presented facts. We presented stats. We presented accurate information. At least be informed to be able to support it with proper facts. That's it, it, For whatever this week has been... Let's just throw shit up against the wall about the Titans, and we'll just see where it lands. Yeah. So here's the here's the last point I want to make about this, Keith, and this is what makes this all, to me, so hilarious. Do you know where Garrett lives? 
Where's Garrett live? He's from Alabama. Fuck So you. let me take the quote that I read. This is directly from his article and change it so that it represents Garrett, okay? <laughs> Garrett doesn't reside in the state of Tennessee. If fanside, and what's it called? Titan size. It's fan-sided Titans, and, but the, it's like Titan-sized. So if Titan size wants to represent a candidate worthy of this hire, then Titan size should not have been the recipient of this job. This misguided awarding of a job not only puts a bad image on Titan size, but as an entire Titans fan site as a whole, suck it. Oh, and you, everything we've read is literally the entirety of the no, article. The, the entirety, of the, the entirety I mean, it, of the article it's, it's is like what? six paragraphs. Yeah. So effectively, his only true argument is that she doesn't live here. She yeah, that's die. that's why I only have two quotes. Even listed though that's of, in, in, inaccurate. Th- that's why right. I only have two quotes listed of questionable decisions, and then her not residing that in the it. state. That's because biggest. the questionable decisions about malarkey. He reemphasizes that for two and a half paragraphs, and then goes three, three and a half paragraphs on her not residing in the state, why that's misguided, and then ends the article with it's, you know, a travesty that she was awarded this and how terrible of a decision it was it's unbelievable it's it's such a terrible take that we're about to roll into another terrible take and it's not as bad as that take but i want to hear your opinion on it now that you you didn't read the article because you don't internet right even though your name is internet keep yeah i don't i don't know how i've never done it before um so here's the thing with that uh obviously you guys covered it basically in total but i'll just say that the biggest event to happen in the state in the year was the draft. And the reason it was here was largely because of her. That should totally justify that choice of Tennessee. And, and that event, the draft will open up other non-sport events. Right. I mean, let, let's get that straight. She, her team that she put together with the Titans and the city of Nashville and the NFL, that that team that she helped put together and she was a part of that committee, th- this was the best event Nashville's ever had. Mm-hmm. It was so easy to get in and out of downtown, really. Yeah. It's remarkable that we can't do that every weekend. Right. <laughs> like, like, it's unbelievable that we can't do that with 50,000 people visiting, much less 300,000 people Yeah, visiting. I mean, it, it was so well done. It was done better than, like, Fan Fest and shit that happens downtown every year. Yeah. So... Um, I don't know. It's just that's absolute garbage. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, I, I yeah. There's nothing else to say. I'm sure there's more meat on those bones I could tear off, but I'm just done with it because I don't even want to give the guy any more. This will be the last awful. time we talk about it. So I sorry, just, Mike, if you wanted to have an yeah. opinion on it, <laughs> but it's this is the last we will talk about it. All right, so let's move on because the next one doesn't get any better. <laughs> <laughs> NFL Network's Adam Rake. Came out this week, did a terrible presentation on live TV, saying the Titans will finish 3-13 and in 2019. Says his choices were not personal, but it's based on the way that our schedule plays out. Okay, now I'm going to get back to that in just a second, so, so let's hold on. He has also predicted, okay, the Jacksonville Jaguars to go 11-5 and and sweeping the Titans in the division. So let me point out a couple of not arguments that he made, but he had this touchscreen board, Keith, that he was going and, and touching the wins and losses. And but he didn't go into a lot of detail, but he was just basically like, you know, win, loss, loss. So anyways, these are the choices that he had the Titans doing 3-13 and 13 on, okay? Titans going 0-6 in the division and 0-8 on the road, okay? Then published his top 10 list of, of, of his top 10 defenses for this year. Has the Broncos, Saints, and Rams listed in the top 10 for defenses for this year, but the Titans D, which was a legitimate top 10 defense last season, uh, top three. is nowhere on this list. Nowhere on this list. But somehow, the Broncos, Saints, and Rams, the Rams who just let half their fucking defense walk away, is now in the top 10. This guy's opinion is such trash. So let me get back to the so, part. He has this beaten the Chargers, who we haven't beaten in like 15 years. So can, <laughs> can I just... All right, so... The argument here is that losing Brian Arakpo and Derek Morgan, who were largely not great last year, is the reason we're going to fall out of the top 10 in defense. Fall out of the top 10 on defense, and somehow that all of this is going to propel, I'm a little bit assuming here, because his argument is so fucking terrible, that the Titans are going to end up 3-13. and 13. So, cool. 
his whole argument, and, and I've watched the clip several times to make sure I'm not missing anything. His whole argument is the way the schedule stacks out, which is an argument I cannot stand that fans get into. And let's use last season as a perfect example. Everyone's talking about the Titans are going to go into this matchup with the Dolphins and it shouldn't be a big deal. And what happens? It turns into a seven and a half hour game in which our star tight end and prime target for our quarterback breaks his damn leg. So don't give me this crap about the way the schedule plays out. Who in this room didn't have New England marked as a loss last year? Yeah. And I'm look at the way that New England, not only was the New England game a win, but it was it was such an incredible win. Zach and I went to a damn dinner to watch a film breakdown on how badass that game was and how badass the gameplay was for it. D- okay, bad take aside, don't make a take based on the way a schedule is going to play out and what it looks like, and I'm assuming, because the only other content that this jackass puts out is based on two things. Uh, Madden. He does some Madden award thing on NFL Network with, I think that shit is so stupid. But then you move past that and all of his stuff is based on fantasy football. And if you haven't figured this out yet, if you're a fan of the NFL, how your fantasy team and fantasy league plays out doesn't match anything with how the rest of the league is doing. You can have some of the most badass fantasy players on teams that are just dredging the fucking trenches of garbage each year. What the fuck? Three and 13? So, like, I mean, here's the thing. You know, Adam Rank, who looks like, you know, Chris Daughtry's anemic cousin. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I I don't get the 0-6 in AFC South. I don't get the L.A. Chargers win. Like, those those two things do not match up. I mean, you might as well just had us going 2-14 and 14 instead of 3-13. and 13. Uh, Look, my, my big thing, and, and Buck at A to Z was on this morning. They were kind of touching on it, and I think a couple of the midday guys are are touching on it too. Is look, I don't I don't take much stock into these things. I mean, Maurice Jones Drew does the Jaguars one last year, and I mean, he just thought it was going to be so easy. Blah blah. You, you can't predict, but if you're gonna predict, you at least need to do it with some kind of sense of knowledge, right? Like. To me, it's not about a Titan Titan thing. It's a lackadaisialness of it all on Adam Rank's part. It's, it's this nonchalant attitude that Adam Rank has, and it's incredibly disrespectful to the audience and the NFL fans. It's not just us. It's not disrespectful to us. In my opinion, it's disrespectful to NFL fans who tune in and watch it because you just really wasted everybody's time by not providing... A, have, you have a chance to provide real analysis. Warren Sharp puts out a really good book every year, and he talks about wins and losses. He talks about what Vegas predicted last year, what ended up happening. He talks, and he uses all this information to build what he thinks is a good win-loss total for that team. And he's fairly accurate year to year because he puts time and effort into it. And that's the biggest problem I have is that these segments should you know, provide us with some actual analysis, especially because it's a league-owned network. Oh, this the, is, I thought this was ESPN. This is no, this no, is the NFL. NFL network. That's not great. The big question floating around is from local media is why and should Titans fair count, count care about what national media says? It's not a Titans fan thing for me. I know it is for a lot of people. It's an NFL fan thing. NFL Network has always been in my mind the more analyst forward network, the most respected of all the networks. If I want football news, I'm going NFL.com. Even Good Morning Football is above the fray most of the time, proving to be insightful, informative, while having fun, while having a good, lighthearted attitude about it. But they're still smart about what they do. He also robbed Bears fans. He is a Chicago Bears fan. So instead of providing real analysis on the fifth hardest schedule in the NFL going in this year, the Bears have the fifth hardest schedule. He has them going sixteen and zero. Yeah, and that's the point I was going to make. And this is, and I'm, I mean, that's that's yeah, insane. That's silly. I'm it's pull, silly. It's a I'm, waste of fucking time. And I'm going to pull a Kanye West on you and let you finish. But like, that's the point that that digs in my skin here. And I'm, I'm going to make a point after Zach finishes. But he he just trivialized and made a joke out of his entire argument for all these teams. By going on and jokingly, admittingly, he's doing it humorously, but just going in and clicking wins for every single team that's listed for the Bears. So you're pay- you're you are the NFL network. You're the head of the NFL network. You're paying a guy to get on TV and make a 30-second inside joke to please one fan base. Like, how does that sit with you? And, and that's my thing. Is it all in good fun? Sure. 
I mean, yeah. I can understand. It's all in good fun, whatever. But it, it's clickbait. I mean, it's what it is. And, okay, maybe I shouldn't get upset about it, but I'm I'm just one of those fans that if you're going to talk about a team, I want to learn something from it. You know, I get it. He's the fantasy guy. But if these are the only exposure in the schedule predictions that these teams are going to get, it's just a load of crap. You have a whole mess of former players, regular season analysts who watch all the games, not from a fantasy perspective, that aren't that aren't doing these segments and that they can do these segments and they should do these segments because you should be making something of substance every time you get in front of a TV over a microphone, in my opinion. doesn't mean you can't have fun, but we're a podcast. We have fun, but we also provide analysis. We want you to walk away learning something or saying, hmm, I didn't even think about that, that point of view. And something else that kind of irks me about this, and this is more going on the local media guys, the local media guys and the fans who play, well, who is Adam Rank anyways? He's all over NFL.com and NFL Network. And if you're going to complain about him being bad at his job and not knowing the team, you're equally bad at your job if you seriously don't know of this guy. Don't play the holier than now. Don't pander to your audience. You know him. Don't pretend you don't know him. And if you don't know him from your job as an analyst who should be who should know 99% of the personalities that are on NFL Network, a good chunk, and Adam Rank is on a good chunk, then you're kind of doing yourself a disservice too. I don't want to hear that kind of bullshit. I, I, I just, it irks me. It's just, that's a personal thing. It irks me. Well, okay, so this is this is kind of my crux of the problem with it is that I'm going to make an assumption here, and it's a big one, but let's assume that you are a Titans fan or just an NFL fan that is leaning towards, you know, I live in the Tennessee area, I like the Titans, they're not necessarily my first pick, whatever the hell it is. You tune into the NFL Network for the first time, and this is the first segment you see. You just basically see someone who's making a joke out of a segment. So is your attitude, is your opinion of the NFL Network now that it's a source that you don't need to take seriously? And this is an overlying issue that I don't like that's happening in sports media. And the absolute number one reason why I, I cannot stand ESPN and what it has turned into is because sports media has turned into hot takes. Don't get me wrong. You turn on cable news, it's the same thing. It's a whole different subject. But ESPN is the worldwide leader of bullshit content now. Besides the actual athletic events that they televise, Everything else is hot takes. Everything else is screaming A. Smith. Everything else is just based around blathering your mouth with no substance behind it. And you can get that shit from any avenue. And, and they're not fact checking either. Right. I mean, because Skip Bayless went on and, and used a Barry McCockner tweet. Oh, my God. Today to talk about the uh, James Harden and Chris Paul. Chris Paul making James Harden cry about his man boobs. Midday did it, too. Midday did it too. And it's, Midday went all no. They've they done this all two in. days in a row. Yesterday they were quoting fake OJ Simpson tweets. They went in on twenty minutes on that whole thing about that guy supposedly oh getting video. God. I know. Listen, it's and and this kind of ties into the point I'm making. Twitter, Instagram, social media is filled with enough bullshit hot take content for any one of us out there <laughs> the guy's to absorb. Twitter name is Barry McCockiner. <laughs> Okay, it's Burry my cock in her, and it's the same guy who gets. <laughs> I didn't even realize yeah, that till you just yeah. said it. I just knew he's a bullshit. Yeah, poster. It's, it's literally a a name that it's like it's a Bart uh, Simpson. Yeah, it's a Bart Mo's Simpson name. thing, yeah. and it's and he has the same he his account gets banned all the time, and he has the same <laughs> yeah. photo. He doesn't even have a blue check mark, and these motherfuckers are s- somehow. And this is more, the motherfuckers are more towards Skip Bayless. Yeah. Because ESPN has loads and loads of analysts and associate producers and executive producers getting, given this information to Skip Bayless, well, right? Well, so, and th- this is, yeah. So, like, who, who is checking, fire whoever sent that. Like, I can understand, like, if you just kind of glanced at it or heard someone else retweet it or say it, if you just kind of glanced it and you didn't look at who sent it, that, that happens. I get caught by at fake Adam Schefter things it happens i understand it happens but i mean at some point if you're going to do a big segment on it and you're going to have a a bit that's your big statement piece and your big statement moment like skip bayless had when he talked about it 
make sure you do the research. But in that's and this is where I want to get Key's opinion on this, and I'm gonna start burning my mouth. Is that and I, and I'm taking this too far, and I know I'm taking some liberties with this. But if you tune in and you you see Rank's segment on the Titans are going three and thirteen, and you kind of get that in your head of okay, well. Based on the schedule for next year, this guy thinks that the Titans are going to have a real difficult time. Then you start watching some other segments where they're talking about the Titans going nine and seven or 10 and six, or maybe something that we feel maybe biased or unbiased is more based in reality. Well, is that initial thing that you saw so ingrained that you're like, well, no, I mean, this one guy's talking about that. We're going to go three and 13 about that's my problem with this hot take clickbait bullshit is that. There's more than enough of that garbage out there. I'm not saying you can't have fun on the program. Lord knows we don't take ourselves seriously, but why are you giving this credence? Why are you giving the airtime to go all th- all 32 teams? Like, if you just had the touchscreen up and you did a quick segment, you're like, hey, well, listen, you're a Bears fan. Tell us, and you click all the wins. Yeah, funny. Let's move on. But you did this for all 32 teams. So... To turn around and say the Jags are going to go 11-5 and five and name off all this crazy shit and then the Titans are going to get fully swept in the division and fully swept on the road, it's just an uneducated opinion based it's, on bullshit. It's 16 minutes of content it's, that you essentially right, wasted. That you yeah. that you completely wasted. I'm sorry, go Keith. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's 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 the issue is that you're, you're effectively presenting something as like analysis and it's a joke. And so you're just wasting everyone's time. Um, I... I mean, I personally hate the whole, like, let's predict what's going to happen next year idea as a segment in itself. And I get it. It's the off season. It's bare bones. You're the NFL network. You got to put something on, on there. Like, I understand that's difficult, but like, can't we just do like a 30 for 30? I know that's not the same company, but can't we just do some fucking documentary for a minute? Can we put NFL films on instead? Like, is this worth Right. Okay, well, but I mean, if you, if you think about it, can't you do a, let's say, a weekly episode dedicated to all 32 teams where you talk about, here's where they're going to go. So if I pick every Colts win, if I pick two Colts win versus the Titans, when I go to the Titans, those are automatically two Colts losses. Yeah. Because you should keep it. You should see how the NFL does predicting their own product. I think that would be interesting. It'd be interesting to have maybe Taylor Lewan or someone to do the Titans one with someone or to talk about X's and O's and what do you think is the biggest thing you're going to see from from San Diego in week eight? What's your biggest hurdle there? I mean, a, a weekly show dedicated to that is going to provide you substance and it's also going to provide retweets because you're still going to have tons of content to pull from. You're going to get tons of different more retweets and use out of that 30 minute, you know, segment than you are that 16 minute segment of just non, just idiocy. Well, and so why not? Okay. So, you know, his whole claim to fame here, whole ranks claim to fame is that he's always doing these Madden challenge. I didn't go in his whole resume about, but, but he's big on the, Madden NFL game series and how it breaks down. And he may already be doing what I'm about to suggest. So if he is, I don't really give a shit. But anyways, why not? His segment would have a lot more substance. It would be a lot more fun based on something that is still complete bullshit. And the point I'm trying to make is this. he They could just do a segment where he's setting what, what the teams are assuming their lineups are going to be. And the schedule, which is already set, plug it into Madden and start running it through. That gives you a segment each week where you're like, okay, well, you know, last week we went through week three in the NFL, you know, or, or last, you know, yesterday we went through week three. In the NFL. Today we're going through week four. This is how Madden played it out. These are the injuries that happened. This is who won. This is who lost. Oh, look who got blown out, blah, blah. Is it farcical and simulated on a game that's not necessarily a simulation is arcadey? Yes, but that's a lot more entertaining because at least when you first tune in, you realize like, ah, it's a segment based on a video game. It's kind of fun. You know, it gives at least it's got a lot more substance than just some jackass standing in front of a touchscreen going, oh, you're going to win this game or you're going to lose this game because you don't like the way that the schedule is laid out. And it's to Keith's point, I cannot stand preseason predictions based on shit that you don't know what's going to happen. If you go back, and I wanted to do this for this segment, I'm probably going to do it for next week. I want to go back and look at the Titans predictions for their seasons before last year and i want to see specifically how analysts thought that the miami and the baltimore and the new england games were going to play out 
because all three of those games went either great or disastrously in the eyes of a Titans fan. The opening game was nothing anyone could have predicted. The Baltimore game was embarrassing as shit, and I guarantee 0.0% of people had us beating New England, even beating them in that kind of manner. Yeah. I I just don't I don't see the point of of that. And I and I get I like I said before, I get that you you're just trying to fill airtime, but there there's got to be a better way. No, there there is. I um I'm done talking about this guy. I want to wrap it up. <laughs> Let's wrap it up, damn it. That is going to do it for us, okay? So please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Casts, whatever you use to find your podcast feed. Please take the time to leave us a review or at least a rating. That definitely helps us out. You can follow us on Twitter, Edwards Pod, for Zach Lyons, Internet Keith, and wherever the hell Mike is. I'm Mr. Lebowski. You can help I'm going to go check on my couch, make sure it's doing okay. Make sure it's not on fire. Yeah. The storm's rolling through. It could have got caught. Your could be struck by lightning. I, I just can't take any chances with that couch. If your couch was on fire, would you try to save your house? No. Couch first. <laughs> Fuck your couch. Couch is bad. <laughs>